Welcome to the 19th episode of Profs Radio, the show to A-star your business by learning from entrepreneurs' experience how to solve challenges. I'm your host, Peter Martin, founder of Enterprise Profs, the community group to grow your business. Today we have James Moon from Air Moon. Good morning, James. Do you want to say hi to the listeners and tell them about what you do? Good morning. Uh, great to be here. Uh, my name is James Moon, uh, founder of Air Moon. I've uh, got a few other businesses as well, but um, yeah, obviously you know, just here today to talk about my journey and uh, everything I've been experiencing along the way. Good to have you. Do, you. do you want to talk a little bit about that journey? So how you started an international air, you know, aviation company? Yeah, um, I mean, obviously, if we go back to kind of school time, uh, um, school struggled with most subjects, um, often bottom set, um, really didn't want to go to university or anything along those lines. So I left school at 16, um, did my summer pilot training, um, and then through chance fell into um the world of aircraft uh, selling buying and selling which was thoroughly enjoyable um and kind of discovered that there was a bit of a marketplace for it uh, in the sense that it was kind of done poorly um a little bit out of date in terms of marketing techniques um and looked at it and thought i could probably do a little bit different i had no experience in the sector um made some great contacts and built up the business that way and then kind of from stepping stones from there went on to get into the commercial aviation sector uh, and ended up, you know, kind of working with airlines, um, helping airlines with the fleet plans and uh, aircraft sales and acquisitions. And um, that's where we are a bit today. Um, and obviously, you know, thoroughly enjoying it along the way, but it's been a very tough journey. But, um, you know, one stepping stones led to another. And that's how we were where we are today. really. So, so that's what you do. You basically sell, sell airplanes to different companies and, and lease them to from owners yeah. to so if you you could be a, for in the business chat world you could be a business um you could be a high net worth you could be a trust or a financier who you need an aircraft to buy or sell and we'll help them either try and find that aircraft or or find the um or help them sell the aircraft um so work with them on a strategy um generate contacts for them generate leads um and try and get the aircraft sold on the airliner side of things um we'll work with the airline on trying to find um you know, whatever their fleet requirements are. So they could have fleet long-term fleet plans as well as um, short-term fleet plans or aircraft that they're looking to phase out and what would be the best strategy to try and phase the aircraft out. Um, so that's kind of what we do um, and, you know, thoroughly enjoy it. Every day is a little bit different. Um, so, yeah, that, that's all about, about every day, really. Um, we don't know what's going to expect, uh, what's going to happen. And obviously we've seen over the past few weeks the effect of um, the, the COVID outbreak. Uh, how severe it's been on the aviation industry and obviously everything that we've been working on is now kind of stalled um, but there's still opportunities for us to, to advise airlines advise aircraft owners uh, with regards to their aircraft and, and their plans really so yeah there's always work to be done so there you go listeners if you've got a, a bit of cash lying around you know where to go for a private jetter there we go <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> one day, one day. I mean, you know, there's some businesses, you know, some business owners that I've worked with, and they started very small, uh, and now they're ended up getting a getting a uh, private jet. So you just think, you know, anyone can do it. So it's a, oh. it's a, it's a great experience when you, if you ever get to go on one. Um, it, it kind of puts you off flying on an airliner um, because it's a, it's another world. But uh, oh, who doesn't yeah. enjoy cramped seats and crying babies on a four hour flight? It's, uh, it's like a one I went on one last year um, and it was like a rocket it was uh, it was so fast um, but uh, yeah keeps you keeps you that's why I think it's quite good because it shows you what where you want to be um, make your business succeed and do well um, so it's a great kind of tool of you know to get there and make that you know reality really
I, I remember the Concords, they were quite quick, weren't they? Yeah, they were very quick. Um, such a, a beautiful aircraft, um, fantastic aircraft type for its age, you know, in the, I think it was the 70s. And it's a great shame that we haven't, with the technology that we have these days, not being able to produce something um, which is just as similar but more fuel efficient. So hopefully in the future they'll be able to design something which, uh, which will be able to be just as exciting. You, you touched a little bit on the current circumstance with coronavirus and obviously planes are now, well, the majority of planes are now grounded. Do you just want to talk a little bit about some of the challenges that you've had? Yeah. And yeah, so, another one, yeah. Yeah, I mean, um, I mean, obviously, all of this was unexpected. Um, you know, like every other business, no one saw this coming uh, on the horizon. Um, I think aviation's been hit the hardest. Um, mainly because, you know, borders are closed, aircraft can't fly. Um, I think last time I checked, 95% of UK daily flights were down, uh, which just shows how many flights aren't happening. Um, those flights are often repatriation flights or key routes um, with kind of, uh, with an exception of some medical repatriations as well. So um, it didn't, no one could forecast this. So a lot of the, both airlines and those involved in the commercial aviation have, weren't able to produce models or anything based on the scenario. In the last two decades, we've seen three trigger events, which have caused downturns in aviation. Um, 2001 September 11 attacks, uh, 2003 SARS, and the 0708 financial crash. Um, and they all caused downturns, um, which we industry recovered um, and, and then did well. But um, the scale of the COVID outbreak is actually um, more global. Um, so it's affecting more airlines. And to put it in perspective, SARS cost the industry $7 billion whereas um, COVID's on, on track to cost 300 billion. Um, so it just shows the sheer sh uh, size um, and the difference of the huge impact COVID's had on the, the aviation industry as a whole. Do you think many airlines are going to make it through this? Well, I've seen some stats that have said that by June, we'll lose over half the airlines in the world, um, which I'm hoping won't, won't, won't be the case. Um, I'm, I think you know airlines need to survive, especially here in the UK. We've lost some great airlines over the last few years. Um, so I think um, there'll be there will definitely be casualties and there'll be airlines that go bust, um, but there'll be airlines that pull through. But each airline that pulls through needs to realize that their business model needs to be tweaked and edited. So post COVID nineteen, we're operating in a landscape which is uh, which is uh, going to be a lot different from pre COVID uh, in terms of I think consumer habits are going to change. People might be more le less reluctant to to fly until a vaccine's found, um, and you don't know kind of behavior might change so it's going to be an interesting time and see how that pans out but that's why airlines who are struggling before covid need to realize that it's going to be a lot harder after this subsides and those that have not been able to make a profit um you know maybe just delaying the inevitable really so we'll just have to wait and see but it's um you know yeah interesting times nonetheless and digressing a little bit there's obviously a lot in the media at the moment about whether government should be bailing out these airlines what's your opinion on that do you do you reckon that's right or wrong <laughs> um it, it's a tough one because obviously airlines employ a lot of people um mm. and that's the thing that's key routes um you know once this passes we're going to need airlines to heal economies to reunite uh, you know friends and families colleagues um and i think you know airlines have to be saved at the end of the day um, but at what expense? There's no point checking 500 million at an airline just for it to go bust in six months' time. Um, we have to kind of realise that you know a lot of these airlines are going to be a lot smaller long term. Um, so we just kind of got to look at it sensibly um, and realise that not every airline can be saved, um, and it's not 
potentially worth saving. But if there's big ones which are essential to the to the UK economy, then uh, then they should be saved or maybe restructured in a way that they'll be profitable uh, ultimately over time. So it's just the uh, looking at each airline individually, not as a group. Very good diplomatic answer. <laughs> <laughs> Without picking a side, that was good. Um, so just going back to the challenges that you that you mentioned, do you, do you also talk about how you're kind of solving challenges in, in, in your own business? Is there any kind of software that's helping you to do that? Yes. So well, obviously, you know, um, I always say like, I know it's not software, but LinkedIn. Um, LinkedIn's great for, you know, connecting with people, people taking you seriously, adding a lot of credibility to, to a business. Um, but then at the same time, software-wise, I think it would be the likes of, um, you know, kind of uh, HubSpot. Uh, I use that quite a lot um, as, a, as a CRM. Um, but then there's things like Slack, MailChimp, and kind of use them all. But, you know, it's just uh, within our business, we don't really use, utilize that much technology. But given this event, we know that the industry is going to be more digitalized um, as a result. So the aviation industry is often controlled by, um, I'd say, people that don't embrace technology. And I think this event has reinforced that um, we all need to be online. We all need to have kind of... Um, access to, to be able to not have to work in an office. And that's something that um, the, the aviation industry, I think, will have to adopt more. So there'll be new software coming in, more kind of you know, blockchain, things like that, um, coming into the, into the sector as a result of this crisis. So um, it'll be interesting to see. But as, as our business, we, we kind of don't really use that much software. Um, but I think we will have to uh, go forward just to, just to be in line with what everyone else is doing. I think a lot of businesses are realizing that, are they kind of like, what are the contingencies and some businesses had that in in place i mean nobody really thought about a pandemic but yeah you know just what if the office block closes what do we do yes um, th there was a guy we had on this podcast called richard talbot jones he works in insurance and actually the main thing that he's dealing with now is well, actually what what would we do in in terms of this because he also does risk management and oh, wow. contingencies and a lot of people are now turning to technology and yeah. obviously wondering how to do that yeah you, you were talking a little bit about your journey, how, you know, you didn't want to go the usual route, kind of university graduate job. You kind of started when you were a teenager flying uh, and then kind of got the right contacts, worked your way up. What would be your top tip for somebody that wants to launch a business uh, and doesn't really kind of want to go down those traditional routes? I, w I would say just, just to, to go ahead and launch it. Um, I, I often hear a lot of people not wanting to take that step, not to take that risk for whatever reason. Um, but I think the best way is just to, to, to get out there, get something up there um, and to, to learn as you go on. I think it's the best way. Um, it's often, um, you know, people often read a lot of books on it or, or study courses or study entrepreneurship at university. And I think the best way is just to, to, to learn as you go on. And that's the way I've done it. I know a few others do it as well. It's just to, and you find out a lot about your strengths and weaknesses. Um, and obviously, obviously surround yourself with people that know your weaknesses as well. Um, and there's a lot, you know, the people that know my weaknesses, what I'm not good at, but what I am good at. Um, and that's what I think is essential. So find yourself kind of a mentor um, or a few mentors that kind of get you and get your long-term vision and everything. And I think that's that, that would be key. So they can hold you accountable really to your success. The failure is probably the best teacher that we can have really, but um, you can read all the books in the world when you make those mistakes. Yeah, it's so better to learn from other people's mistakes, but 
yes. No, that's so true. Um, it, it's it is, and yeah, I think you need that that kind of weekly or or, or monthly meeting with someone just to you can hold you accountable because um, otherwise things just drift and and um, you know you you miss deadlines or whatever. And I think that's that's important. You touched there on mentorship, and I think that's a key element that that a lot of people miss because a lot of businesses kind of fail in the first couple of years, really. And I think part of that is mentorship. We we were on the same program that actually has a 12-month membership. How did you find, did that help you in your first year? Well, membership, well, mentorship, um, I think is good, but it's making sure you're being uh, paired with the right mentor. Um, there's some mentors that have never run a business who <laughs> think they can be mentors. Um, and, you know, so it's, it's pointless, it's a waste of everyone's time, or mentors that are not the right fit for your sector. Um, so it's about kind of... Um, identifying the right people to work with and i think that's uh, you know the best thing you can do there's people that you either get on with um or you know that all good fit for the business and that's uh yeah it's a it's an interesting one <laughs> but uh mentors uh, are key but uh i think there's loads of things as well and even friends family um as well so people can know what you're going through because i think um you know you're not sometimes going to be an overnight success. You know, Twitter took, I think it was 10, 10 years or something before they were classed as kind of an overnight success. And I think people sometimes have to be realistic that um, they're not going to, you know, the, the business journey could be a long one and just have to prepare themselves for, you know, the sacrifices that they have to make along the way. So if you can make your friends and family aware of that as well, then everyone's kind of um, experiencing what you're experiencing and what you're going through and, and things like that. And you need that sort of uh, strong support network around you. I think that's quite key, that, that patience. I mean, obviously, one of the things that, that we do is websites, and people seem to have this mindset, oh, oh once I've got the website up, the people are going to come, and I'm going to buy, or once I stick my stuff on Amazon, that's it, and I'm in business. Yeah. Like, well, actually, that's not the case. Like, you're not the first one to have this idea, and there's, there's yeah. people out there solving the problem. Yeah, it's, it's uh, so true. I think... Um, you know, it, it's good getting something up there, um, but you've got to look at, you know, what marketing's working. It's constantly, I, th I would say, review, self-assessment, you know, what what is the best way forward um, and what's worked and what hasn't from marketing. So keeping kind of an eye on everything that's going well for the business, but also identifying what's not going well um, mm -hmm. so you can improve and in the long run and setting realistic targets. Because I think so many people, um, you know, set unrealistic targets and, uh, you know, kind of push their boat out too much and then they get disappointed and it affects the long-term progress of the business because they're disheartened. I think sometimes um, being kind of realistic and or setting uh, manageable achievements is better uh, short term and then you can look to scale up um, just so you can kind of keep the momentum going and feel like you're hitting targets each month uh, for the business. You, you kind of see that don't you on programs like Dragon's Den where they they go in and they're just like oh yeah it'd be a million pounds like in no time at all if you give me a you only need one percent and then you just sit back and wait for them to be just torn into just because yeah. like, oh, I'll just get a target out of thin air and yeah. you know, sure, it'll all be going well. Yeah, well, just, all right. Well, that, that's why you need people uh, who kind of around you who can keep you grounded, who can yeah. challenge you around those figures, um, and kind of just make sure that you're you're kind of um, being sensible when you're looking to raise investment. And I think that's that, that's key, really, is making sure that you're in a um, you know sensible position, and um, you're either not going to investment, uh, getting investment too early on, or at the right mm -hmm. stage. But I'd say 
just making sure that um, everyone's aware kind of what you're up to, what your journey is and, and where you want to be and, and trying to get as much help as you can. Um, but also at the same time, I think a lot of startups uh, take a lot of help um, and don't give it back. I've heard a lot of people often complain that they say they do a lot of work and they never get any you know, thanks and things. So I think a lot of startup businesses need to be kind of appreciative of people giving up their time and seeing what they can offer back sometimes. Um, you know, could they, you know, could they help other businesses as well as a result and, you know, kind of passing the baton on um, to others. Uh, and I think that's a, that's essential really just to keep a healthy ecosystem uh, for the startup business community. Two things you, you've mentioned there. One is the multiple mentors. I, I really like that idea. Rather than getting a kind of jack of all trades, kind of finding yep. people that are really niche yep. in certain areas to kind of basically complement your weaknesses, as you, as you called them. I, I think that's because sometimes we can just kind of focus on the one. But I suppose the trouble with that is, is maybe you'll get conflicting advice sometimes, which might yeah. help. Or do you just kind of do you just find one that's for that area only, and then? someone for just that area and then to avoid that well kind of um anyone really um anyone you think is a good fit and then you, you can mm. you know you don't have to take every word um from them you can just pick and choose really and uh, that's what you know yeah. if they disagree with something then you know you take it on board and kind of understand why um but i'd say you know obviously you know from when it comes to marketing or or accounting or, or kind of just general business um is finding people that have been there got the t-shirt and, and done quite well um and just who can get your business as well because there's nothing worse than um you know spending time with people who don't get your business um who don't kind of know where you want to go with it um because you know your expectations or vision could be a lot different from what theirs is and there's a massive mismatch then it's true i remember when i first started and someone was trying to tell me to sell courses at like 10 times the price of the normal industry price and it's like it's, it's never going to fly like no matter how good you are yeah, like, yeah. 10 times yeah. will never ever but you could work. eventually you could um you know once you get more you know like more 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 and then get the you know known for and then things like that eventually but you think early on i think almost you have to give away a lot of stuff for free, um, you know, especially in aircraft sales. We gave the deals, you know, sometimes free of charge, just so we could get um, the aircraft later down the line and get known and, and things like that. So I think people have to be kind of realistic um, mm -hmm. and kind of sensible that you know, if you're the new kid on the block, sometimes you've got to get known um, for the right reasons and things like that. I like what you were saying before about people always giving back because I think too much in the business world is people can be particularly for the same industry people can be quite standoffish they think you know you, oh no I don't, don't want to talk to you don't really but actually collaboration goes I think much further and yeah. actually if, if people are failing then you've got nobody to buy off you you've got no suppliers so actually by helping everybody succeed I think we kind of all succeed because if you have a supplier yeah how, could, how do you sell well if nobody's buying from you you can't buy if you're seller and you had a good word there the ecosystem of it all and actually together in the business community i think yeah, yeah i agree fine. totally agree okay and lastly what is your favorite software and why well, I, I know it's probably not software, but you know, LinkedIn. Um, I think yeah, I keep saying I'm not on commission by them or anything, but I think it's just um, it's just a great platform. Um, I think you can learn so much from it. Um, you can make some great connections, um, but at the same time, you know, people can check you out, check your business out, um, see who else is connected to you, and things like that. And as a startup business, I think 
it's a free tool, which is just a great way of building credibility and getting the word out and, and making some great connections. And I think, you know, considering it doesn't cost uh, anything, you can do a lot for free on it, um, which is, um, which gives you, you know, even connecting with people in your sector that are, you know, could be uh, the leaders, market leaders, or, or people that you're inspired to be, you can check their profiles out, you can do whatever. Um, and it's kind of a great way of kind of increasing your profile, your credibility, your brand awareness, and, um, and getting kind of noticed. So I think I'd recommend anyone make sure they're on LinkedIn. And the number of people that have met at events and things who haven't got LinkedIn, who are in running a business it kind of amazes me still because i think whether i think that maybe there might be misconception that you know potentially say if you run a cake business or something that you shouldn't be on linkedin or you know maybe it should just be finance and business or something like that um they they're the only ones on linkedin but i think everyone that runs a business regardless of the sector needs to be on uh, on linkedin and i'd say that's probably the, the greatest software that we use if it is software maybe more like platform but uh, it's a, the greatest thing at the moment that we use even just just taking up your example there, but you know B two C, even those need other businesses need suppliers and things. You or, or you know you never know what businesses might bring them in for like a absolutely team building day or yeah. something. Yeah, I, th I think it's great. I mean, we've just switched our group from you know Facebook and now got an enterprise profs on LinkedIn instead, of, and in a week it's done much better than it actually ever did. Yeah. Facebook, but everyone's always Facebook groups, Facebook groups, you know, yeah. friend and, and did that and there's no activity, no, not many members. And I think actually it's that, that's where the people are, isn't it? It's, yeah. it's business people are and people are wincy. I find it a bit odd. I like the things that you were talking about where, you, you know, you can actually research people. Like obviously we look at people's profiles before they come on here and other things or find that connections but because it tells you that you looked at those profiles you never want to come across a little bit stalker because <laughs> like, i'm there going oh why is he why is he looking at my profile you know yeah. no i think it's good because then you can also you know put requests out so say if you need a graphic designer somebody will know someone and i think that's things that are just yeah it's really good for that yeah um, and it's a good little um community for for support and um i think you know when i've needed help in the past i've often put things on there uh, for people to help me you know either introduce me to someone or do they know someone and it's been uh, it's been fantastic for that so i'd probably say given that it's free it's such a it's just a great thing to have so um yeah i'd recommend all businesses should kind of be on it even if you're considering setting up a business you could still put things on there you know to try and connect with mentors or whatever uh, i think just yeah go for it I'm I'm sure that people at events don't have it. I mean, I don't take a business card now. It's like if you want to connect, connect with me on LinkedIn, and I'll engage well, with you on there. It was um a few businesses I've been at, and I was said um you know either I didn't have a card on me or something, and I said to them, "Are you on LinkedIn? I'll I'll add you quickly now." And they're like, "Oh, we haven't got LinkedIn yet." And it was just kind of like you know I I don't know. That's where I think again mentors could help, uh, or friends and family, or people that have been in your shoes and, and need the help, um, just because it can help you kind of make more connections. So it's a it is one big learning curve. So I think you know I appreciate those. Not everyone when they set up a business um, has that kind of um, knows where to go, where to you know, think Facebook and things. But um, I think just the, you have to constantly look at what's working, what's not. And I think um, it's always, I think that's why I love business because it's just so every day, so exciting. Really. And that's, uh, that's uh, yeah, very interesting. <laughs> and before you go, how can people connect with you? I'm guessing LinkedIn's going to be one of them. <laughs> yes, uh, LinkedIn um, or, you know, email, drop me an email, my uh, moon email, which is uh, 
which um, is just jmoon at airmoon.com. Um, and then, uh, yeah, feel free to connect, drop me an email. Um, I'm more than happy to, to talk about kind of my business journey. If anyone needs any help or whatever, just, just let me know. Well, thank you so much for coming on. That's been quite an interesting chat. I think the listeners will benefit from that. So, oh, I hope so. You know, I always think it's always kind of um, you know it's nice to be asked when you talk about your journey and everything because um, you know every journey is different, and if you can pick up one or two things that could help uh, another person's journey, then it, it's worth its weight in gold. So, hopefully, somebody might learn something from from, from my interesting uh, experiences today. Oh, that's much appreciated. Remember, listeners, to check out the Enterprise. Enterprise Pros community and LinkedIn groups and go in and start your business.